This is 69 The Podcast. I'm Dave Haynes. 69 has been covering the digital signage industry since the dawn of man, first online and now as a podcast. The goal on here is to make listeners aware of interesting companies, smart people, and new technology developments, all of them meaningful in making digital signage projects happen. I try to help listeners understand sometimes complicated subjects and why they should care. The podcasts are free and I try to get a new one out weekly, but things happen now and then. The 69 Podcast has been gratefully sponsored and supported since the start by Jeremy Gavin and the fine folks at ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. ScreenFeed makes beautiful-looking, totally automated content for signage and digital out-of-home networks. Check them out at ScreenFeed.com. 69 has been around since 2006, and the publication and podcast are now owned by Spectrio, which provides customer engagement solutions for business. You can find them at Spectrio.com. I'm not really joking when I write about needing to find my decoder ring if I'm going to write something about an announcement from a digital out-of-home ad tech company. There are exceptions, of course, but more often than not, I read this stuff and I just go cross-eyed. So I was pleased to learn of a new education-focused initiative called Doe Academy, or Do Academy, I never quite know, which exists to raise the level of understanding of how things work for operators, end users, and the people who make ad buying and planning decisions. I was also pleased to learn though I pretty much knew that I'm not the only one confused as hell by how technology like programmatic is marketed. The Academy is the smiling, weeks-old baby of ad industry veteran Jeff Gunderman, who saw a need to get quality, vendor-neutral educational material out there that helps people get up a steep and slippery learning curve. He has an interesting model in that the Academy is subsidized by companies in this business who also understand everyone benefits from better awareness and deeper knowledge. We had a really good chat about the roots of the online academy, how it works, and also how the industry has responded. Jeff, thank you for joining me. Can you give me a rundown on what Doe Academy is all about? Yes, uh, the DOOH Academy is the Digital Out of Home Academy, mm-hmm. and it is an education initiative I started that is um, designed to help people understand all of the advances going on in digital and programmatic media for the out-of-home media industry. And uh, I had been a media operator for about 15 years running a company called iCorp Media, which was an Australian-based media company. And we did both uh, static and digital signage around the country in places like shopping malls and bars and restaurants and cinema lobbies. And when I sold that business, I essentially was talking with a number of individuals in the industry and um, recognized that there was a real gap in education and understanding around digital and place-based media. And at the same time, when I sold my company, I started to have some requests from media companies and ad tech firms for consulting work. And that clarified for me really the gap that existed in our industry as we are moving to more of a digital and and programmatic world people are are very confused Mm -hmm. and so i uh you know in in talking with a number of people in the industry uh felt that we really needed a a single point of education to help people understand digital place-based media yeah i i get asked quite a bit. Uh, If I'm doing any consulting, I don't really do much these days. But when I get asked specifically about doing consulting around digital out-of-home networks, I just say, 
I really can't help you because I don't fully understand what's going on. I don't understand the nomenclature. Uh, everybody seems to market themselves a little bit differently, even if they're doing the same damn thing. It's, it's just overwhelmingly complicated to me. So I just largely, you know, <laughs> I do one of these things with my hands up uh, beside <laughs> me going, I'm not, I, I don't even want to touch that. Right. No, it, it is, you know what, it, it's, it's much simpler than it seems, but because it's such a massive change from the way we mm-hmm. used to plan media with spreadsheets and, uh, um, you know, and, and, and sell a, you know, we used to sell a location, a billboard on the side of a, a, a street corner. Or yeah, a, you sell location uh, and audience. Location and audience. And, and now, um, really what we're selling is, 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 I'll use the term audience again, but audience and impressions. So it used to be more boards and, and, and ad loops mm-hmm. and you'd sell a flip on a board. And nowadays, you know, people, especially advertisers and marketers are really looking to maximize their reach of a very particular audience. And the beautiful part about it is that data companies have come in and enabled out-of-home media operators to sell their media based on the audience that's in front of that media. Uh, They've enabled the ability to understand measurement of audience that actually goes by their boards. And so with all this data and measurement that has come into the space, out-of-home media operators can now, especially digital ones, can now sell their media the same way that social, mobile, online media is sold today. Mm-hmm. And by the programmatic partners that have come in, have enabled the transactional component of that to happen the same way that digital, social, mobile is, is being transacted today. Mm-hmm. And um, so we really are in a, an amazing position as an industry now to gain share of the marketing mix. But to do that, we've got to better understand programmatic, especially, and digital out of home and all the data that sits behind it. And that's what uh, the DOOH Academy is really designed to do, as elevate the knowledge level of both media operators and agencies or buyers um, of place-based and digital and programmatic media. Mm -hmm. Now, if if it's increasingly similar to the way that you plan and buy online and the way you plan and buy mobile. Why then are media planners confused by digital out of home if it if if it's the same sort of process and everything else? Are, are they using different naming conventions and things? Well, we it, there's a few uh, reasons behind that. Uh, the first one is that uh, a lot, especially in the United States, a lot of the people buying this media are are uh, are out of home media specialists. Out of home media used to be so complicated to buy, and in some cases, it's still, you know, it's not as smooth as as you would like. But it used to be so complicated to buy because there were so many different media operators and so many different options mm-hmm. that putting together a plan was a massive undertaking. Now, with digital and and especially with the programmatic uh, infrastructure that's out there. You can actually go into a tool and a planning tool or a, or a demand side platform, and you can actually 
program in, the audience you want to reach, the locations you want to be in, all kinds of criteria, and it will connect and pull down the inventory that's available that meets those uh, those demand criteria. And with the push of a button, essentially, you can book a campaign across many different media operators, many different locations, many different boards, uh, and many different media types. And it's it's so much simpler than it, it used to be. Hmm. And it's so much more accurate in your ability to reach an audience. So what we're finding is, is out-of-home media, which used to be mainly for branding, can mm-hmm. be much more part of the full funnel of, of audience conversion. Which gives access to more better budget, right? Because before it was just gross impressions. Like I know that 100,000 cars go down this highway every week and therefore we can estimate your, this many people are going to see it. Now you can get into uh, much richer data that will tell you, you know, give you a much better sense of how many people actually did look as opposed to the gross number. That's exactly right. So um, uh, not only uh, you're tapping into bigger budgets because now all of a sudden those digital budgets that were designed for activities other than branding, such mm-hmm. as um, store visits or web driving web traffic or driving conversions, all of that is now trackable within the digital out-of-home space. And so we're seeing people that maybe used to spend with uh, social mobile uh, online take a much more serious look at digital out of home, not only for that reason, but also because digital out of home is such has such a, a lower propensity for fraud, ad mm-hmm. fraud. Yeah. And it is it's a safer place to advertise. And now you can measure it. Which is uh, which is really driving uh, an opportunity for the space. I, I I have a theory, and you can tell me it, it's stupid or or spot on. God knows I, I have no pride <laughs> of ownership about it, but I, I I I get a ton of press releases every week from different digital auto home ad tech companies. And they'll say, we've just done this, or we've partnered with these people, and so on and so on. And I will try to read the things and decode what on earth they're going on about. And I've even, I've sent notes back to them saying, I've read this five times. I still don't know what the hell this is about. And I, you're saying it's, it's, it's a lot simpler than maybe I think it is, or the, the world thinks it is. But my, my theory is that the, the marketers are having to change their descriptions, their naming, uh, everything else about their product versus the other ones just to make it sound distinct. Yeah, there's, you know, listen, there's, there's Dave, there's nuances within, uh, within digital and place based and, and, and specifically within programmatic that um, is really the catalyst for why the Digital Out of Home Academy is in such high demand right now. And it's because if you look at my model, my model is that I am funded primarily through sponsorship of companies, Mm -hmm. um, unbiased. Nobody can have any kind of exclusivity. And when they talk in an educational format, it has to be uh, generic and not self-promoting. 
Um, but what I've found is these ad tech, these competing ad tech agency, trade association, media operator companies have all come together to support a foundational learning that enables people to get to a level of understanding of how the entire ecosystem works together. Mm. And then what it has allowed is it has allowed those same, let's say, ad tech companies that are sponsoring to not have to focus on getting people up to a basic level of education, but then they can focus on really educating on the nuances of their specific platform and the benefits that, that, they, that they drive. And so I think that email communication that you're getting or, or the other communications you're getting that are today confusing, if you went through a Digital Out of Home Academy course, learned the full infrastructure of how everything works together from A to Z, now all of a sudden it's going to make sense what that specific company's particular value proposition is. Mm-hmm. And many of these ad tech companies have very specific value propositions that make sense, but they make sense in the context of a greater knowledge of what's going on across the industry. And that's where we're really designed to do is to bring the entire industry up to a specific level of education and knowledge base. Mm -hmm. Is this aimed primarily at newbies to the industry or... Is it something that everybody could benefit from? It's it's interesting you say that. It's designed that the first course that we've released, you know, the, and, and we're now working on advanced courses. But the first course we released is called Digital and Programmatic Fundamentals. It is fantastic for an entry level person that knows nothing about it because we start with uh, vocabulary and acronyms, and we really work you through the basics of digital and programmatic media in the out-of-home space. But then it's also very good for people with, I'll say, an intermediate knowledge that um, that, that want to just get to the next level because it's pretty in-depth. It's a five-hour streaming video course with uh, uh, 12 different, uh, we call them modules, but you could refer to that as a chapter. Mm-hmm. And it has... It, it, it has 20 different video segments with 12 different industry experts. Um, and so it's a very thorough uh, course, but it also uh, starts out very basic so that it doesn't leave someone behind. Okay. So let's go down to the wood on this. How, how does it work? Uh, you, you go to the website and you you basically register to become a student? Exactly. So you go to doohacademy.com mm-hmm. and uh, that is the portal for everything. It's the portal for our learning classes. It's the portal for our thought leadership. It's the portal for our company spotlights and for other content. And it will continue to build. So all of the content with the exception of the learning courses is free. You can go in and do com- see company spotlights on very specific companies. They were just launched recently. So we just, uh, you know, you'll see more and more of those start to be released. Mm-hmm. You can see thought leadership that will continue to release on a fairly regular basis to get ideas of, you know, hot topics that are happening in the industry and, and people's perspectives. And then there's also the 
uh, certification courses. And you would go into the course section and you can register. Um, there's a, a, a small fee for the certification courses and usually a, a discount that's out there in the industry that uh, can reduce that fee further because all of the courses are underwritten from a cost perspective by the sponsors. Mm-hmm. And you go on and you register and then it is, uh, it is all built on a university grade LMS or learning management system okay. or platform. Yeah. And so, and it's all streaming video. So you can start and stop as you, your schedule permits. So some students will come in and they'll take the whole course in a weekend and others will come in and they'll, you know, on a coffee break, they'll take one um, video segment at a time. And those are somewhere between eight and 20 minutes in length. And then they'll turn it off and they'll come back another day when they have a chance or on their next coffee break and we'll take the next segment. So it's fairly easy to navigate at your own pace. And from what I saw, it's a kind of a combination of interviews slash discussions with a, a second person, or in the case of, I, I, I went through the, the acronyms one, or at least kind of quickly bombed my way through it. Uh, it was you talking, but also you, you had a deck that you were referencing and talking to. So is, is, are those kind of the two formats that you're using? They are. They, um, the, the real design of the course, I, I, I don't call myself the, the, the expert, so to speak. I call myself the host because, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I, I have a, a level of knowledge about all of it, but I really host most of the, um, mostly through interviews with very specific industry experts. So, and then on the basic things, I'll teach that myself, uh, vocabulary and acronyms and a couple other areas, uh, you'll see, uh, Mm -hmm. me instructing, but for the most part, the design of it is to bring in foremost experts in a specific topic. So the, um, when we talk about the, an SSP or the sell side platform, we work with two different ad tech companies and their specific head of supply that uh, we interview on that topic. And uh, so you're hearing really from uh, experts in the industry that are about as knowledgeable as, as, as it can be. Right. But they're not setting the curriculum. They're not saying, okay, this is what I want to talk about for the next 25 minutes with you. No. Uh, in fact, they don't have any, um, yeah, they can certainly give me some feedback that they don't like a question or what have you, but um, all the questions are formulated by me. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let's take a step back on this, actually. The, the, it's, I think this is important. We have an advisor team and an expert team, and the advisor team helps me guide the actual curriculum. Mm-hmm. So, and, and the experts are experts from multiple competing companies. So I make absolutely sure that I'm not... Um, swayed by a certain way of thinking or doing things and I'm uh, ignoring maybe another option. So we try to be as generic, uh, uh, generic is the wrong word. We try to be as neutral as possible and bring, um, this is fully an educational course. Right. So we have, uh, uh, I'll use measurement as an example. So in the measurement side, we have uh, one company that uh, geopath uh, uh, that that yep. has a measurement methodology and their measurement methodology is 
different than uh, Place Exchange, uh, the purview product that Place Exchange has. And so I was very uh, confident or very uh, certain to make sure that I used interviews with someone from each of those companies mm-hmm. so that we weren't um, giving a single way of doing things. And in fact, um, we also brought in, because it's North America, um, from a measurement perspective, also Comb Canada, who has yet a third methodology for measurement, is also um, interviewed mm-hmm. in that first course. So and I think in- it's, it's probably important to point out that um, measurement is, a, is one of those tricky pieces that as we expand into new markets, new, new areas of the, of the world, um, measurement is sometimes defined by the capabilities within that market to measure an audience. So um, it, it would be very hard to have a worldwide single measurement methodology because it's, mm-hmm. you know, what you can do in the United States is potentially a little different than what you can do in other regions. For over a decade, ScreenFeed has been the reliable choice for beautifully designed, licensed content such as news and weather. We handle over 27 million requests a day to deliver dynamic content to 200,000 screens across the globe. Now we bring you ScreenFeed Connect, a no-code solution that makes complex content projects easy. Projects that used to take our designers and developers weeks became a to-do we could complete before lunch. The easy-to-use browser-based tool leverages pre-built data connections and ready-made widgets to give you the power to design with data. Create team member profiles, schedules, tenant directories, progress boards, featured products, or anything that leverages your data. Discover how Connect empowers you to complete projects faster at screenfeed.com. So if if I'm going to be interviewed as an expert uh, in, in one of these modules, do I need to be a financial supporter of uh, the academy, or would you pull in somebody who I, I, this this is absolutely the the best person to talk about this? Uh, no, we would uh, pull in the people who it's the best person to talk to about this. Okay, um, we've done that on a couple of instances, and um, those individuals have decided to sponsor. Mm-hmm. But if we feel that a topic needs to get covered, regardless of whether you pay money for sponsorship, um, we want to cover that topic and we will cover that topic. Now, there's two sides to the platform. There's the educational piece, which will be, you know, it starts with digital and programmatic fundamentals as a course. And later this year, you'll see advanced courses come out on the sell side and the buy side. So you'll see more and more content, more more courses come out. Mm-hmm. But on the other side is actual spotlights on very specific companies, and those are sponsor companies. And it is thought leadership with very specific people. Many of them sponsor, but not all will be sponsors. Mm-hmm. And so we we have the unbiased education piece. And then we actually have another area where we show how real people and real companies are applying that education or that knowledge in the real world. Mm-hmm. So, so if I'm uh, an ad tech company, uh, the, being a sponsor or supporter of, of this initiative also gives me the opportunity and the outlet, so to speak, of 
kind of a central repository of good content about you know the industry that I'm active in and if I want to produce thought leadership pieces this is a great home for it as opposed to maybe just my corporate blog that nobody's going to read exactly and it, it's a it's a you know I like to think of it as a centralized area where the industry can come for content thought leadership company spotlights all of this content that is not specific to an individual organization but gives a really well-rounded view of what's happening and the, the mm-hmm. latest news and and education are around digital programmatic for the at-home media space. You, you said uh, in passing that it, it's, you suggested it's going quite well, that there's a lot of demand for it. Uh, what was the initial reaction when you went to some of these organizations and uh, how do you kind of quantify that uh, things are hopping? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think the, the, a few um, answers to that question. The first mm-hmm. one would be that you know, the fact that we have multiple competing companies across ad tech age, agency associations or, or trade associations and uh, media operators uh, tells you that it is supported by the industry. Um, and I gauge, I gauge success not by ultimately who sponsors it, but really by the reaction and, uh, of, of the people that are taking the course. So we've been live just at six weeks now. Uh, we've already had over 200 um, individuals register for the course. We've had almost uh, 40 complete the course. And a large chunk of those 40 have provided feedback to us. Um, you know, their reaction to, to the course. And we've had nothing but very positive feedback from the industry, which that alone, that alone helps. Um, we have a lot of, um, we've, we've solicited, you know, a lot of the people that have, have uh, gone through the course just to make sure that if there's any, you know, your first few weeks is obviously the time when you, test the, the the integrity of the course and the mm-hmm. platform that you're on and things like that. There's been a couple of little tiny things that we've been able to fix. There was, an, you know, somebody pointed out an audio issue with one of the videos that we were able to fix immediately. Um, you know, one person uh, uh, pointed out a typo that we had. But uh, now that all that is, uh, is corrected, we're starting to now get group res- registrations. So we're seeing now companies come to us and say, we want to register our entire team. And so we actually have a new product now where you can register your team in what we call a group um, training. Mm -hmm. And we will register them all at one time for you and send invites out that they can log in with. So they'll be auto auto registered into the tool. They just have to set a password. And then we can send to the organization a report every week or two that shows the progress of each of their team members against completing the course. And we're finding that that's been uh, popular. We have uh, two agencies and three media companies so far that have signed up their teams and we're seeing uh, increased interest in that. Yeah. I've heard uh, any number of times over the last several years from 
companies who've said, uh, appreciate what you do with 169. Uh, you should know that when we onboard new employees, we, you know, tell them where the cafeteria is and, you know, all, all the nuts and bolts. And we also tell them you need to be reading 169 every day. You need to subscribe to this and so on. So you can get up to speed on the industry. Do, do you see the time when uh, this will just be kind of part of the normal routine of you've joined this ad tech company, here's, there's your desk, there's this and that, and uh, here's your login for the Digital Auto Home Academy. Well, I, I, I mean, I, I could only hope to have the, uh, the amount of content that you do after seven years. Uh, I, can, <laughs> uh, I can imagine that, that, that the archives that you have are probably uh, invaluable for anyone entering, a, any, entering the organization or in, in the industry, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, look, I, I, I'm, I'm fairly humble on that. I, I, I saw a need and I created a platform and it took me a little longer to release the first course than I thought it would, but, um, I'm, you know, I'm rewarded by the fact that the industry seems to be responding very positively to it. And, you know, I could, it would be fantastic to think that this would be part of someone's onboarding. Um, certainly the goal of this is to fill a gap that exists with education. And as long as we produce the right content, I think that, um, the people will follow and that's proving to be true so far in our first six weeks of, of being live with the course. And have you had the, Oh, thank God somebody's done this responses. Uh, quite a few actually. <laughs> and I, I've had others that, that, uh, that have said, I, I can't believe you did this because I know what an undertaking it is. Um, certainly a little bit bigger of an undertaking than I had anticipated in the beginning. But, um, you know, I think as, as you probably know from, from 16.9, once you've cr- started to create enough content, it gets much easier. Yeah. So, um, our, um, we're working on the, an advanced course right now for the sell side. And we're also working on, uh, which we'll produce after that, uh, an advanced course on the buy side, but we are getting smarter at producing some of that content earlier it's, on. And, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's now much, uh, much easier to pull it all together. It's interesting. One of the modules that I, I didn't see in there that I, I think would be very, very helpful. I don't, I don't know where you position it, but uh, is, is one on business fundamentals and viability because every week still I get phone calls or emails or press releases from companies who are putting screens, you know, over urinals and washrooms or in corporate aviation, you know, just all these uh, build it and they will come ideas that I just know from doing this for 25 years ain't going to work or, or a really tough go. And it would be so beneficial if somebody could save themselves half a million dollars or whatever and take this course and go, you know what, maybe that's not such a great idea. I, I think it's a great idea uh, for the course. I'm not sure <laughs> I'm going to tackle that one, um, but I get uh, you but just log right. in and it just says, don't <laughs> Yeah, please do not. Uh, uh, It'd be great to have like a little calculator of sorts where you enter these these values and it, it spits out a a good business case or a bad business case. But um, I I think you 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 touch on a a topic that um, I don't know that 
education specifically is going to be able to tackle. But you touch on a topic that's interesting, and that is that um, too many new media companies are saying, I'm going to deploy a bunch of new screens and the business will come. And I do think you have to understand the statistics in the industry, where Mm -hmm. the demand is coming from, from an advertising perspective, and where you fit into that demand. And um, I'll use a, a couple of resources that DPAA, for instance, has um, an immense amount of information. And, and in fact, uh, one of their recent reports said that there were 1.25 million digital screens uh, connected uh, from an advertising perspective just in the United States. Mm-hmm. And most of those, you know, there's certainly a chunk of their billboards, but most of those, uh, uh, the 1.25 million is specifically place-based media screens that are sitting inside of venues. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's a gas station or a convenience store or a um, cinema lobby or what have you. If you then go to the agencies and you talk about demand for advertising, there are venue types that in their mind are a must or a like to buy. And there are venue types that are not even on their radar screen. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the challenges that uh, new media companies do face is that they don't take the time to do the research on where the demand is coming from. I'll use one other example. The Out-of-Home Advertising Association does a great job every year of producing a document that talks about, it breaks down the industry. So I think we're in the United States, for instance, where about an $8.4 billion is spent in out-of-home, out of that, about a third is driven from digital out-of-home, whereas two-thirds is still driven from the static or printed side of the of the space. So you've got about $2.67 million, give or take, or billion dollars, excuse me, give or take, that is digital. Mm-hmm. And then out of that... You have about 15% or about $450 million today that is driven programmatically. And one of the things we see as these smaller or, or upstart companies come out with digital screens, they think they're going to connect to programmatic and that they don't really have to sell a whole lot and that all this money is going to come, right? And they don't realize that in their business plan, they're saying, I'm part of an eight point $4 billion industry, but the reality is there's only $450 million right now transacted programmatically. Mm-hmm. And so they're trying in their few screens, 100 or 1,000 screens that they've deployed to compete with 1.25 million screens, all connected, all competing for $450 million. And so when you start doing the numbers, it you know, it doesn't always add up quite as aggressively as probably their business plan does. Yeah, and and of that, uh, four hundred fifty million spend uh, for most of those media operators who are getting that money. It represents what fifteen twenty percent of of their inventory at at most. Is that pretty accurate? Well, programmatic is at at very most fifteen percent of your total sales, you've got to yeah. have a 
you have you to have, have direct sales. Direct sales, uh, and even half of the programmatic is really not. It's not open exchange. It's coming in through private marketplace deals that someone has to physically set up with the agency or the trade desk. Mm-hmm. So arguably, closer to about ninety-two to ninety-five percent of your sales of any successful, you know, healthy company is coming in through direct sales today. Yeah. So anybody who sets up a screen network and just thinks I'm going to put these up and I'll do it all through programmatic, I won't even need salespeople and I'll just watch the money flow in or, you know, God bless you. It's not a good business. No. (laughs) Uh, This has been great. Uh, We we could chat forever, but uh, I, I try to cap my time on these things. Uh, if people want to know more about the your academy, where do they find you? I appreciate that. It's uh, um, simple as going to uh, www.dohacademy.com. And if you want to take a course, um, the code D-O-O-H-A-20 will take 20% off the cost of, of the course. And... Um, there's a ton of free content there and, and, and a growing amount of free content there as well. Well, I think this is my first discount code on this podcast. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Jeff, that was, that was terrific. Thank you. I appreciate the time. That's it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe you learned a thing or two. If you're new to 69, it's a podcast that's been around since 2016. You can click around the archive and find hundreds of conversations with smart industry people. If you're new to digital signage, you need to be reading 169 at 16-9.net. You'll find more than 8,000 posts by me and expert guest writers about this industry. 169 is not a press release republishing mill, like a lot of this stuff out there. If something makes it on 169, that means it matters in some way to the business. Everything about 69 is free. Great sponsors make my work possible, and the key one here is ScreenFeed, the digital signage content store. Check out all the curated and automated content available at ScreenFeed.com. 69, the blog and the podcast, are now owned by Spectrio, which does customer engagement solutions, most of that digital signage, for all kinds of businesses. You'll find them in the Tampa area and online at Spectrio. That's Spectrio.com. You'll find me working out of a sunny back room in my house located outside Halifax, Nova Scotia on the east coast of Canada. Thanks for listening. I'm Dave Haynes.